0: Around the corner of technologies. Today I have an interesting guest, Georges Rwadi, uh VP of Business Development and Intellectual Property at Celyad, C-E-L-Y-A-D.com. Georges, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm doing fine. <clears throat> Thank you for coming, sir.
1: You're welcome. Um, My pleasure. You, yeah,
0: Can you give listeners um, an overview of what Celyad does uh, with stem cell technology?
1: Yes, well, I mean, Celiad, it's a a, a cell therapy company where, uh, you know, our mission is to develop a breakthrough uh, technology for life-threatening disease. And um, since our inception back in 2007, we have been developing cell therapy initially for cardiovascular diseases. And since um, more than two years, uh, we are also active in the... A cell-based immunotherapy uh, for uh, cancer. Um, definitely, we we have we are using different sources of cells, uh, not only stem cell, but also uh, T cells, which are our primary T cells from from patient, um, and we today uh, we are in clinical stage, uh, phase one, phase two, and phase three uh, clinical development.
0: All right, so let's let's maybe start with the um the cancer work what what kind of technologies have you developed? what cancers are you able to influence you know what's going on there
1: Yes, so today we are active in in the uh, chimeric antigen receptor uh, field. Uh, this is uh, a technology where uh, we um, basically um, manufacture in the lab new receptors that are able to specifically recognize tumor cells and, and, and target those tumor cells. And then we overexpress those uh, chimeric receptors into T cells. T cells are, are um, uh, the cytotoxic and killing cells of our uh, uh, blood. So those um, cells that are expressing those chimeric receptors will bind specifically to the tumor cells, expand and effectively fight the tumors and eradicate the tumor. And there are many uh, um, today proof of concept in the clinic, mostly in uh, leukemic patients, uh, what we call the blood cancer. And what the CELIAD is developing today is this uh, kind of approaches but not only for blood tumors, but also for solid tumors like colorectal, like pancreatic, like breast, and 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 many other uh,
0: tumor types. So, how do you manufacture these specific um, these tumor-specific antigens? Is it per person, or is it you know like what, what's the process? Yeah, most
1: most of those tumor antigen
0: specific are are are,
1: are very specific to a certain tumor type. Uh, what Celiad is doing is basically using a completely a different approach. Is is actually using uh, uh, receptors that are expressed on NK cells. NK cells are part of our innate immunity. Then we make those receptor chimerics. And they are not actually specific for one tumor type. They can address many tumors. So with our engineered T cell, we can address multiple tumors with the same cell type and with the same cell product.
0: Are these, are these um, chimeric receptors, are they unique to an individual person? Or do they tend to be no. the same across a bunch of tumors and a bunch of people?
1: Indeed, you know, the interest is that those chimeric receptors are not unique to a specific person, but they, they are, uh, can be used to always any patients. Uh, and, uh, so they make, it's not 100% a personalized medicine. However, today the cells that we use to engineer are basically taken from the patient, engineered in the lab, and then Reinfuse back into the same patient. And we call this autologous therapy, meaning the this, this cells that are used as a therapeutic agent actually generate from the patient's samples.
0: How do you um, remove the cells from the patient? Where do they come from?
1: Well, I mean, they're depending on, on the application, but in, in the uh, cancer immunotherapy or cell-based cancer immunotherapy, the cells are taken, uh, uh, it's, it's uh, blood samples that are taken from the patient, and and those blood samples then are processed to specifically isolate T cells, primary T cells, and those primary T cells are then re-engineered, expanded and then re back to the same patient.
0: So what happens? You, or so you, you withdraw the T cells from the patient, isolate them. It sounds like you're fitting on a customized weapon, essentially, onto the T cells, and then you're introducing them back into the person. And now the T cells are able to particularly target tumor cells in that person? Exactly. So they, they, they will target...
1: The tumor cells in this patient in a very specific manner, and when they uh, uh, actually uh, uh, um, uh, through this uh, chimeric receptors, they bind to the to the to the tumor cells. Then they start to expand and they start their cytotoxic activity, specifically killing the tumor cells that are in this same microenvironment. And also, what they are able to do. Because they activate a cascade of cytokines and, and and the proteins, they recruit the immune cells of the patient to the same sites, and which they actually also contributes to the fighting of, um, of, of of the tumors. That's amazing.
0: That's really cool technology. It's it's
1: it's very it's very interesting. You know, today uh, most mostly in... and and. Uh, in leukemia, in leukemic patients, in patients where they have been uh, resistant to all kinds of available therapies, CAR-T cell has been proven to be very efficacious. And now there are patients that are still living with, uh, with, with, with no relapse, uh, if I recall, well, at least six to seven years after being infused Those cost cells. So it's 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 um it's um how to say it's it's real breakthrough. And now there are actually many technology out there uh, uh, um, using the same the same concept, each with its own particular approach.
0: so what is this commercially available, or is it um, only available to people that participate in clinical trials with you?
1: Uh, today, uh, uh, concerning our, our own CAR-T, they are not commercially available. They are still in clinical trial. We have actually completed the first phase one where we sh- we have showed safety of our product, and now we have initiated a follow-up phase one trial where we are increasing the dose and looking uh, to um, to to show a strong uh, efficacy, uh, hopefully, uh, in, in our trial. However, there are at least two products that that are looking for a commercial approval approval in 2017, and this is uh, uh, from Novartis, um, as I mentioned, for CLL patients, and potentially from Kite Pharma, and also for for the same indication. So... We expect uh, that at least for a CLL and ALL patients, um, this uh, kind of products will be will be commercially available um,
0: some, somewhere in, in 2017. And what are the two types of patients you said CLL and ALL? What what is that again? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a, a, a chronic. Uh, 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 leukemic uh, lymphoblastic leukemia and uh, acute lymphoblastic leukemia those are two kinds of uh, blood tumors that um, uh, that are very uh, life threatening and and many patients actually uh, does not respond to um, the available classical treatment today like like chemo and others
0: how long do you anticipate it will take before um, this therapy is available for other types of cancers?
1: Well, today, today indeed, the challenge is to uh, to show a proof of concept and efficacy not only in, in blood uh, uh, cancer, but also in solid cancer, like, uh, as I mentioned, colorectal, breast, and pancreatic cancer. At least ourselves, uh, will depend on the outcome of our clinical trial, but you know I, I think we we expect to see a product maybe in four to five years from now, depending on the success uh, and uh, and the stage of
0: development um, of our product. That's great. That's really amazing. Um, do you do you see when? Um you or other companies develop stuff for clinical trials that, you see that um, any of these are copied overseas and offered commercially before you can offer it? Is it does that go on?
1: Uh, I mean, it's very difficult to, to predict the future, but at least today, uh, these technology are, are heavily relying on on, 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 on know-how and uh, uh, trade secret as well on intellectual properties. So today they are very difficult to replicate. Uh, one can make something that looks similar, but very difficult to replicate. Maybe the future will be different. I mean, we we know what's happening now with the generics. For uh, uh, classical drugs, so uh, I think um, it's likely that biosimilar or cell biosimilar could be available, but um, but not 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 in in, in the coming let's say uh, ten years. I this is my my uh, my anticipation. I think the technology wow. still need to develop, still need to be proven. There are many challenges on the manufacturing side to make it easiest, quicker, less expensive. So I don't think any um we want we won't see copies before all those, you know, kind of technologies has been mastered to a degree uh, that allows others to make copies and, and, and as I mentioned, many challenges are remain ahead of
0: us. Yeah. What do patients do that? Know, have these problems, these disorders, and want help? You know, how do they get into your clinical trial? Is it difficult? Is it limited? You know, what do they do if they need help but, um, but you know, they can't get it because the technology is not approved yet?
1: Indeed, I mean, today there are there are many clinical trials using CAR he that are running uh, both in Europe, US, and 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 other and other, other uh, uh, territories um but those are are small trials focusing on limited diseases and and access to uh to this to those therapy even under clinical uh trial it's it's it becomes very how to say very uh, very very hard because uh, uh, many patients want to go on those trials and there are limited limited numbers so um The best way for patients is there are many uh, to go and look for the trials that are ongoing, that are recruiting for their own diseases, and they have to um, apply to the clinical centers that are running those trials and to see if they hopefully fit the the selection criteria. Uh, But unfortunately, there are much more patients today uh, than than uh, uh, clinical trials ongoing, and and sites that are treating, um, but this is what uh, we are all striving is is to reach a point where we can offer those treatment to a large number of of patients as large as
0: possible. Yeah, so you anticipate in the next what three to five years or four to five years that there'll be a lot more commercially available CAR T. Type treatments.
1: Indeed, I mean, this is today's anticipation that, in, in starting f- from 2017, where the first CAR T therapy will be approved, that in the in the four to five coming years, more and more CAR T therapies will be approved in in more and more indications. Hopefully,
0: very interesting. Um, what about? the other technologies you're working on, uh, what other ones are you really excited about? Well, I mean, we are, we are
1: today, as I mentioned, uh, uh, um, most of the ongoing development and, and the first that are going to be commercially available are autologous therapy. Uh, again, meaning that we take the, the cells from the patient, we engineer them and we re-inject them back to the patient. This this is very efficacious, but has some limitations. First, sometimes the cells that are taken from the patient are not in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, they are not healthy because this patient has been going through a lot of different treatments that may uh, affect the quality of the cells. Second, uh, there is a time that is needed between uh, taking the blood, engineering the cell, QA, QC the cell, and release them. So they are not immediately available to the patient. And third, there is a cost uh, component associated to it. Today, is, is this uh, manufacturing of the cell is is, is very uh, very expensive. So. There are other technologies that we and others are developing. It's called allogeneic uh, uh, T-cell. And what we are developing is is an allogeneic T-cell where the cells are not taken anymore from the patient, but they are taken from any healthy donor where you can select the donor for the best quality of cells. We engineer those cells. We freeze them like any other product, And then they are immediately available to the patient when they come into um, the treatment center or into the clinic to be treated. So this is this allogeneic T cell approach is today still in its early days in a preclinical stage. But this is something that is needed in the future to expand this therapy not for thousands of patients, but for hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. and for millions of patients worldwide. So this, right. is, this is a very exciting area of development uh, in the future that will help to expand this therapy and make it available to a very large number of patients.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic because one donor can serve um, many, many, many people, right? Indeed, indeed this, this, this is the purpose, is
1: to make, to make those uh, cells and therapy available to as many people as possible, and to also to reduce the cost, because then, then you, from one donor you will be able to manufacture many doses that will treat many patients, and so it will reduce significantly the cost and make it immediately available of high quality to the patients.
0: When are uh, cells recognized as foreign and when are they not? How could you have a donor that could, you know, their cells could work in other patients? Like, wouldn't they be recognized as, as foreign invaders?
1: Indeed. I mean, there are today two kinds of, of reactivity that one needs to think about. First is the graft versus host disease, meaning the foreigner cell that goes into the patient, they will say, "Well, I mean, this is something something going on, and start reacting and and, and reacting against the host." And this is can be um, reduced or actually eliminated by specific engineering of the cell, where uh, if we knock out or eliminate activity of one specific receptor called TCR, then we can significantly reduce the graft versus host disease. So this is the first aspect of it. The second aspect is the host versus the graft. And, and this is very difficult to control, uh, any, because uh, then these are the, the, the host cells that will react against the, the foreigner cells that we just infused. But this is not really a problem because we are not looking to engraft those cells for a long time. So those cells that have been introduced as a foreigner cell, they will still have enough time to attack the tumor, eradicate the tumor, and then they will be eliminated over time by the host when they are not needed anymore. So today, all the effort is made on reducing graft versus heart disease by engineering the TCR um, and on and, and, and the primary T cell. Uh, definitely, there are technologies that are still in early stage to deal with this with the second aspect, which is the, the host versus graft. Uh, but this will come, I, I, I suppose, in a later stage. So maybe in a few years, uh, we will end up with the ideal products that that uh, basically combine
0: both both safety both both safety features. That's great. Well, wow. how many um, infusions of cells are needed to treat a patient? And is it a lot of a lot of uh, fluid or a little bit? How long does it take to heal somebody?
1: Uh, well today today from what we know uh, in, in, in CLL and ALL patients, one infusion is, is enough uh, to, uh, to cure a patient. Uh, this has been very difficult in other diseases. Uh, so today what we are developing ourselves is we are developing a totally a different concept where we are using the cell, really as a pharmaceutical, so we don't expect the cells to remain there forever. So we are developing those cells to be infused multiple times. Today, our first clinical protocol, we infuse the cell three times. And, and this uh, three times infusion, according to our preclinical data, should be enough to induce uh, uh, very long lasting response. But we will have to wait for, for the clinical uh, uh data to um to confirm uh to confirm that. Right. Wow, that's amazing. Um it's it's any it's other
0: a game changing technology. It's a game yeah, changing definitely. technology. Are there any any cancers um that you think would be uh resistant to this or do you think it may apply to to almost all cancers? I mean, there are as many diseases as there are cancers,
1: and it's very difficult to predict today. Uh, uh, I mean, from the preclinical data in and, 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 and animals, all the, the, the cancer sites we have tried, we have been able to see an effect with our car T cells. Uh, we, we, we understand that mice are not human but this is, in our hand and in many other hands, the best model we have today. So it helps us projecting or, or, or doing some, some anticipation, but definitely it's the clinical trial uh, data that will, will give us uh, what, is, what is the reality of the situation. And then we will learn as we move on what, what kind of cancer are we, are we able to fight as a monotherapy but also more and more the field is going to combination where we would combine multiple treatments in, in diseases where a single treatment is not providing a, um, a, a significant response. So there are many ways, I think, in the future where the clinician will be able to use these CAR t Either as a monotherapy or as a combination therapy with other agents that are available to them today.
0: That yeah, makes sense. Okay. <clears throat> Any um, brief words on other technologies you're working with? Maybe stem cell types of stuff.
1: Well, I mean, today there are many other things that are, actually, I would say, in the pipe. Not only at cell yet, but uh, but but outside. I would, I probably say you know maybe uh, a few words on what i think also will 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 develop in it in, in maybe the latest in a decade uh, is maybe also we will be able to make a, a cytotoxic uh, immune cells not only from blood but from stem cells and when i say stem cells it's not the the, the classical embryonic stem cell but it's mostly from the induced pluripotent stem cell, what we call iPSC. Today, this field is hugely and and quickly developing, and there are more and more cell types that we can make from those iPSC. And I, I know that making cytotoxic T cell from those iPSC is becoming more and more robust, reproducible. And I won't be surprised that as a follow-up to what we are doing today as an autologous or an allogeneic CAR-T deriving from primary T cell, tomorrow we will be able to replicate the same product but derived from iPSC. Then we will be able to make it even cheaper and in a more sustainable way. So uh, for me, this this is... how to say, uh, 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 an avenue that many companies will be developing and we'll see a lot right. of investors uh, putting uh, money uh, there uh, because um, I, I, I tend to believe this could be the solution that will combine efficacy and cost effectiveness uh, when, when the field would, would have established itself as, as, as a strong market and as a, as a, an efficacious treatment, not only for one cancer type but for many cancer types.
0: And how do you um, create these these cells using this method? How's it different? Well,
1: I, iPSC can actually be made from any cell that that can be taken from a a a a, a donor. This could be a skin biopsy. This could be blood samples. This could be any kind of living cells that that are are, are, are derived from, from any of us, basically. And then those adult cells, senescent cells, through a very specific technology, are transformed back. It's like you put the, the, the clock back... Uh, 20, 30, 40 years back, depending on the age of the donor. And you make them, again, becoming a pluripotent cell, very resembling, or they are very, how to say, very close in what they are capable of doing to the embryonic embryonic stem cell, except they don't derive from an embryo, but they derive from a single cell of an adult donor. So this has uh, uh, many implications. First, there is no ethical issue associated with it because we are not using embryo anymore to derive those cells. And second, you can basically make them from any donors. Any of us can give a blood, can give a, a skin biopsy, can give a hair sample, and you can transform that into an iPSC. So we can select the donor for genetic background, for their capacity of making this or that, for their capacity to respond to this or that treatment, and then basically you can make the ideal the ideal cell, and, and those cells can be derived to any cell type. One of them could be cytotoxic T cell, and then if we express a CAR into that, then we can manufacture billion or a billion of and a billion of these cells. And, and treat patient with
0: it. That's amazing!
1: Wow. Yeah, this technology actually received the the the, the medicine Nobel Prize um, in 2012. If I miss my memory as well, and it's a it's a Japanese discovery technology uh, that um, that was uh, granted
0: this Nobel Prize. And what stage is this technology at? Is it commercially available or is it still in clinical trials?
1: Is it, is it, it's still in clinical trials. There are many companies today making those cells to a um, GMP grade. A GMP grade meaning safe. You know, they are manufactured according to a very high standard for safety. And, and now there are many trials ongoing. Using cells deriving from those iPSCs, so they are still um, in, 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 in a clinical stage development, uh, but um, but a lot of them, you know, will, will will go very quickly, and many countries now are adapting their regulatory system uh, to uh, allow those breakthrough technology to go to you know to, to patient very quickly. And, and one of the leading, I would say, in this field is in Japan, where they have modified their uh, regulatory system uh, back in 2014 to allow a very quick access to those breakthrough technology, and, you know, uh, not not only for clinical development, but also uh, commercial. Gotcha.
0: Well, it sounds like in the next um, three to five years, it's going to be a whole host. Of amazing, uh, therapy yes. technologies coming out. And it's great that you guys are a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, we are we are mm-hmm. uh,
1: first very excited, uh, very uh, um, committed to what we are doing for for our for for for, mm-hmm. for, for our patients. And and today, you know, what what drives us every day is basically the fact that we. Uh, can develop therapies that that will change the course of the patient in the coming years i mean cancer is a devastating disease unfortunately can affect any of our families friends uh, relatives and and today there are there are many ways to to fight that so we we are very proud and committed uh, uh, about what you are doing and, 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 and what you are doing.
0: <clears throat> You're doing very good work. Um, how can people learn more about Salyad and start engaging with, uh, with the company and finding out more?
1: Well, I mean, we have our website, obviously, cellyad.com. Uh We we provide a lot of information about cancer, about cancer immunotherapy, and, and the specific product that we are developing and also people can follow us uh, uh, on 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 linkedin uh twitter facebook where they can subscribe and they will receive all the news and, and all the development uh, that we are making and obviously uh, we travel a lot so uh, we 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 will we are present in, in, in big conferences and whenever we have the opportunity, we present and we speak.
0: Well, very good. Well, Georges, thank you so much for your time. It's been a really informative interview. I appreciate it.
1: It's my pleasure and and, uh, and thank you for giving uh, me and Sally the
0: opportunity to speak about what we are doing. You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner of Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.